The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. And yet, I ask you, is not an alien force already among us? Exopolitics, paranormal phenomena, and deep analysis of current world events from somewhere in the desert between Area 51 and Roswell, blasting across the planet, the Manticore Network proudly presents Veritas, because the truth will set you free. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. I think it's time to open the books on the question of government investigations of UFOs. Uh, we ought to do it really because it's right. We ought to do it because the American people, quite frankly, can handle the truth. And we ought to do it because it's the law. Be skeptical. You be as skeptical as you want, but by all, don't close your mind. Greetings to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas, where we uncover the truth, one guest at a time. For those who dare to seek, Veritas is the place where they shall find. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, make yourself at home. I want to thank all our members. As always, you are keeping Veritas alive. Tonight, we continue with part two of the Military Abduction Special. Weeks ago, we had Melinda Leslie on, and tonight, we have another brave woman tell her story. Not only was she a victim of military abductions, but she was also part of the military. Niara Terella Isley is tonight's special guest and will be with us shortly. Next week's special guest is Dolores Cannon, the convoluted universe Dolores will take us through the fascinating subject of past lives and the lost knowledge she has acquired by receiving information through her subjects. It will truly be a fascinating show. Almost like a time machine. Imagine someone who, in regress to a number of past lives, all of a sudden starts speaking another language. And the only way to find out was by procuring the assistance of language experts who confirmed, in one example that the person was speaking the ancient language of Aramaic. Don't miss this show with Dolores Cannon. 
To listen to the complete version of this and all our past and future shows, become a member. You'll receive immediate access to all our inventory of shows, the Manticore Forum, and the Veritas Chatroom. Don't wait. Just head on over to our website, veritasshow.com, click on subscribe, and take Veritas with you. If you want a Veritas subscription but cannot afford it, and are ready, willing, and fully capable to transcribe a show, I will extend the subscription for transcription offer one more month. The new deadline is May 31st. I will give you six months instead of three, but you have to contact us on or before May 31st and need to be able to transcribe in a timely fashion. For more information, visit the free subscription link on our website, veritasshow.com. By the way, I want to wish all the mothers around the world a very happy Mother's Day. I know the day varies in different countries. And let me tell you the newest for Veritas. This is actually very exciting and fun. If you've been to our website lately, you may be asking yourself, what in the world does this space up for auction mean? Here's what's happening. For months, I've received many requests from advertisers, and I'm now entertaining that possibility after a successful year on the air. We have the traffic and people in over 100 countries listening. Why? Because Veritas is truly an international show. As I venture into the advertising realm, I thought of a simple idea that would price our initial rates based on what someone is willing to pay, fair market value. I applied the same concept before when selling an old souvenir or a 1980s gizmo that I found stored somewhere. How do you price it? I simply put it up for auction on eBay. I'll let the market decide. So here's the plan. We have to start somewhere. I have two banners available on the website. I will put the first banner up for auction on eBay. The auction commencement date is still to be announced. The first auction will be for the banner on the right side of the main page, and it will last for seven days. The winner will get the spot for 30 days. After 30 days, we will revisit. If you are interested in participating, I need you to click on the This Space Up for Auction banner on the main page of our website, veritasshow.com, for more information. Are you ready to make Veritas history and be the first advertiser? One last thing. Why am I adding advertising to the Veritas website, you ask? Well, because we have crossed a projected threshold that now requires Veritas to advertise elsewhere. With this revenue, we'll be able to expand even more. So far... Veritas has grown with no advertising whatsoever, just your loyalty and word of mouth. Let's take Veritas to the next level now. I look forward to your participation, and those of you who are watching, I'm sure you'll enjoy the auction. For updates and news, visit our website, our blog, and for more comprehensive analysis, visit our forum and interact with members around the world. And now, get ready to listen to a story that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Miara Isley will tell us what she hasn't shared before in public. If you think military abductions are not happening, stop this audio now. If you want the truth, don't go anywhere. This is Mel Fabregas, and you're listening to Veritas. right here on the Veritest Show is supplied by the independent artists from Jamendo.com. If you hear a song you like, 
go over to our homepage, veritasshow.com, click on the guest, look up the song, and download it. You can even buy the group's CDs, in many cases, right there at gemendo.com. This is Melinda Leslie, and you're listening to Veritas. Miara Terella Isley is a writer, artist, and certified body-centered life coach. She's also an experiencer and researcher of all aspects of extraterrestrial phenomena, from government cover-ups to spiritual expansion of consciousness. As an experiencer of extraterrestrial abduction and contact, and her strange military abduction-type experiences while in the Air Force, Miara has gained deep insights into the workings of our world and the roles that different groups of extraterrestrials may be playing in it. Today, she works to raise public awareness about the reality of extraterrestrials, to shed light on the machinations of the shadow government, and reframe it all in a life-affirming and hope-filled vision of where we may be headed as a species from her own lifelong spiritual experience and perspective. She is the author of the upcoming book entitled Facing the Shadow, Embracing the Light. And directly from Durango, Colorado, I would like to introduce Niara Terella Isley. Hello, Niara, and welcome to Veritas. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Very well. Thank you. It's my pleasure having you on. Niara, first, let me share some background with the audience. Mm-hmm. Niara and I recently met at the International UFO Congress of all places, in Nevada, the same state where your ordeal took place. I saw Niara's presentation with the rest of the audience and have to tell you, Niara spoke from her heart. Tonight, I want to encapsulate as much as we can from Niara's live experiences so we can understand and come to the realization that this is happening. But Niara, I want you to take us back in time to your childhood. Let's give the audience a very clear perspective. Describe your childhood and the first experiences that shaped you. Okay, well, um, I can't remember not being a spiritual person. Though as a small child, I didn't know what the words were to describe what I was. Um, I was always very connected to nature, um, very dreamy child. Um, I believe that Mary Rodwell uh, made the reference, also Neil Gould, that uh, children that have ADHD... um, which I was definitely one way back when, um, that it might be some additional protection that's done through their uh, experiences with ETs to protect them from being too programmed. And uh, it's real interesting. I remember uh, doing some of the standardized tests that they do in school and getting so bored with them that I sat and filled in the little pencil marks in what I could, what I could figure out to be the prettiest pattern they, they would make on the paper instead of answering the questions. <laughs> right, right. So, so that's, you know, um, that's one of the things from childhood. So I don't know what, when they ran the test through the through the machine, I don't know what they came up with with that. But Let me stop you for a second. You said sure. that you had ADHD, just like so many millions of, of children uh, who right. were born in the United States. I remember people who went through that as, as a child, and the first thing they did, they were prescribed drugs just to calm their hyperactivity. Did you have to go through that? I didn't have to go through that. Um, I didn't really find myself to be too hyper. I definitely had trouble paying attention. Yes. Um, 
the way that they were teaching, I guess, didn't really work for me. Um, and so I'd kind of lose interest and be a million miles away out in the wind, out the window someplace. Sure. And, um, I'm sure that though, that if I had lived at the time when they were prescribing Ritalin or other drugs for this disorder, I probably would have gotten it. Right. Um, but unfortunately I was a, a very early star child or very early indigo child, uh, that was, you know, didn't have to have that, um, cause they didn't have those kind of drugs back then. And so one thing that did interest me, though, as a kid was science. As soon as I could read and uh, check books out of the library, I was at the library reading everything I could on, on most all the sciences, um, particularly the earth, the earth sciences, because I really wanted to know who, who we were, who was I, who, who were the human species, and where did we come from. And so at a very early age, I knew lots of words that grown-ups today don't know. <laughs> because I was just so fascinated by the sciences and, and where we came from. And I also looked at uh, the church. I was a Lutheran. I was raised Lutheran and went to Sunday school. But I just didn't find anything there that was going to answer my questions. So I, I really kept my nose to the grindstone with science. And I was almost an effortlessly good science student in school, despite my ADHD mm -hmm. issues. Mm-hmm. It's almost uh, what you said, that when you first started taking books out of the library, your goal was to find out why we're here, who we are, where we're going. And that is exactly what I went through also as a child. Mm -hmm. uh, in some classes, uh, in some topics like science, I excelled. In, in some others like math, I could not do it just because the way I was being taught was not the right way. Later in life, when it was mature enough, I learned it my own way. And this show was created to answer all those questions that you have uh, put forth, uh, the where we're going, who we are, etc. Right. What happened afterwards? Uh, did you have any experience with extraterrestrials as a child? Yeah, I did. Um, I didn't realize it at the time until much later, but I had a nightmare uh, around age four, a really vivid nightmare. Um, And what happened was um, I dreamed about going someplace with my sister, my older sister, who was 12 years older than me. And um, we went to um, out, out on the street somewhere at night and it was pitch black out. And she was with two friends and I couldn't see who the friends were. I couldn't see their faces. And she left me alone under a street lamp and she said, wait here and I'll come back for you later. Well, I waited and waited and waited, and I waited what seemed to me like an eternity in this dream. And uh, it was so pitch black every place that the street lamp wasn't shining that, I mean, it was like being, uh, it was claustrophobic. And finally, I got terrified, more and more terrified, and I started screaming, and I woke up uh, screaming in my bed. And I, and I have not ever woke up screaming like that before. And uh, so later on, years and years later, when I shared that dream and that memory uh, with Bud Hopkins, uh, he considered that to be kind of a, a marker for looking at uh, the possible abductions. And I have a lot of other anomalous experiences kind of scattered throughout my life, too, like um, waking up one morning. I think I was around nine years old and I had pain behind my right ear. So I reached back there and touched it, you know, like people do when they have a, an owie somewhere yes. and, uh, and touched it. And there was a, a, a pretty large uh, rounded bump there behind my right ear and it's still there. 
And um, and I remember feeling the bump and thinking, oh, my God, do I have cancer? Am I going to die? And I was really worried about this. And then it was like all the worry, everything just went away. And then if I thought about the bump later, I thought, oh, it's just part of my natural bone. And then the real memory of being afraid and afraid of having cancer and discovering the bump and the pain came back when I watched the movie Fire in the Sky. And then I was watching movie Fire in the Sky and a, and, a, and a picture of an owl flashed on the screen and that memory just came flooding back about the pain and, and the worry about, you know, what the bump was and, and everything else like that. So that's just a couple experiences. And just for the and, audience, in case they don't know what the, the movie Fire in the Sky is, the story of abductee Travis Walton, who's going to be on the show in the next few weeks. But what's with the owls? I saw the movie The Fourth Kind also, and they also mm -hmm. have an owl, which is really an alien. But what is your take on what the owl signifies? Well, I think it's a screen memory because owls have big eyes, mm -hmm. and so do the grays. And so it, they put that in as a screen um, to kind of take the place of uh, seeing something like a gray uh, extraterrestrial. Um, they use screen memory a lot. They use screen memory with me and during my hypnosis uh, sessions when we looked back. Uh, when I was with the grays, it seemed to me I knew they were tricking me with screen memories. And uh, so I would, you know, I would say, I know that you're tricking me, and I would see past the screen, but then when I would wake up, all I would remember would be the screen memory. And you mentioned the street lamp, then you mentioned the owl. Mm -hmm. So those yeah. are two screen memories. I mean, the street lamp could have been the light under a ship, could that be? Well, this, for me, the screen, the, the light was about being on an examining table under oh, a light. I see. And I was being examined with something that uh, once I came out of the hypnosis and I was back in an adult state of mind, um, as a four-year-old, I called it a stomach presser. I didn't know what else to call it. Uh -huh. But when I came out from under the hypnosis, I thought, gosh, that was like an ultrasound. It was like they were taking an ultrasound of my abdominal area. And it was real uncomfortable because they were pressing pretty hard. And... Um, So they took the ultrasound or, or did some kind of examination of my abdominal area. And, uh, and then they started doing other things. And this is probably a controversial thing to talk about. I, I don't know too many other people that are talking about this openly in their interviews. Um, but they started a sexual conditioning type of thing with me from an early age. And a lot of people might feel really outraged about that. Oh, that's molesting a child. What is it, a gel? Yes, it was a gel. Hmm. I was just about to say gel. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And um, so they started this when I was very young. And uh, it was kind of a conditioning for sexuality and sexual studies later on. And uh, we, don't have to, we don't have to get graphic, but just to, to no, let the audience no. know. Where were they placing the gel and what was the result of putting the gel there? What consequences did it have on how you felt? Um, they did place the gel uh, down between the legs, and it was uh, arousing, and it was very frightening for a four-year-old or a five-year-old child who didn't really understand what those feelings were about. Right. Um, it was real disturbing. Um, and uh, then, you know, later on, and I'm going to go into this in my book, because the reason I think it needs to be talked about without, you know, trying to you know, excite somebody in the audience with some strange story, um, is that a lot of... 
Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.